0: my uh-huh. Good morning, good morning, and a great morning outside. Kind of drizzly, kind of uh, you know, funky, but hey, it's first weekend in December, we're doing okay. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, which is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is awesome, Java Chapman. Well, the next hour or so, we we'll are just be talking about gardening. Don't have any agenda, don't have anything to sell, don't have anything really to, to talk about, except whatever you want to talk about. And it sounds kind of weird, but that's the way we do it. It's a party, folks, and uh, so first person to bring up a conversation, that's where we're going to take it. Again, I'm not going to try to sell you anything for the next hour or so. We're just going to talk about gardening in the deep south. I know some of you are listening by my podcast from outside the south, but it's all good. It's all good, whether you're from Minnesota or Florida or California. We're going to all talk garden For the next hour or so, let's get dirty. We're going to take some news and be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous
1: shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and uh, this is an unusual program. Last week, we had so much fun. It was Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a, a safe uh, holiday. I hope you got along with everybody. Uh, but last week we ran a, a special program called the Grouchy Gardener where I called up people like Steve Bender from Southern Living and Jeff Lohenfels from Alaska. All these folks who are garden writers and are cheerful all the time. and you know, Joe Lample, you know, he's on uh, HGTV and DIY Network. Anyway, uh, folks who are cheerful all the time and positive and always trying to get people to be cheerful in the garden, happy and it's all roses But we talked about stuff we don't like to do when we get home, and it's just us, just us, uh, just knocking around the yard. Things that we got to do because we don't mind doing it, but uh, we'd rather not. So anyway, it was sort of a grouchy thing. I had fun. And uh, this week, I decided to do something even different. Uh, It's not that I'm lazy, and uh, I've sat down and looked at a bunch of notes and thought about a whole bunch of things that we could uh, plan for today. And I'm thinking, when was the last time we just chatted for an hour? I mean, just chatted. I mean, you know, Java is just one of those kind of things where sometimes we just want people just want to talk. And I'm thinking this time of year, it's a real gamble because a lot of people aren't even listening to the radio. You know, they're out, uh, you know, shopping, they're getting, thinking about all sorts of holiday things and all. But if you're sitting around the house or you're at the office and you want to kick around some stuff and just talk about your yard or your garden or things that you've seen or or some things you've wondered about, this would be a good chance to talk. I, I promise I won't be, you know, snooty or all horticultural and stuff like that, or or even too vernacular. I'll try to to uh, to you know kick around some ideas and and see what we come up with. But there's no events going on. There's one thing this weekend that I'm participating in, and we're going to talk plenty about that. But uh, for the next hour or so, let's just chat. If you got something on your guarding mind, why don't you give me a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven. MPB RING. MPB stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. RING is the uh, R-I-N-G is, you know, the letters I have to look at because I can't remember the numbers. 1-877-MPB-RING. We've got the lines wide open. If you want to talk about anything that's on your guardian mind anywhere, it's toll free anywhere in the United States. So give us a call. One eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I mentioned that there's um, something going on this weekend I'm participating in. I went to it last night. They had this big uh, gala opening. Uh and all day today, Friday and then all Saturday up until six o'clock today and five o'clock Saturday is the uh, Mississippi Craftsmen Guild. It's the artists who do wood carvings and pottery and glass blowing and weaving and knitting and painting and sculpting and all you know, and welding and all sorts of cool indoor and outdoor homemade individually handcrafted. Artwork, it's a whole lot of stuff. It's at the Trademark Building, which is right by the uh, Coliseum and the State Fairgrounds. uh, You know, right off the interstate in downtown Jackson. Uh, I'm there, um, not right now, but I will be soon to get off the air because they invited me to put my truck in it. My truck. Before I get to that, let me mention this. There's a fellow who makes gourd stuff. He paints, he carves gourds. We also made this cool little thing. It's a gourd with a special fabric on the bottom of it and it's got a, a string in it, and when you shake it, it sounds like thunder. It's called a thunder gourd. Here's what it sounds like. That's a thunder it's a thunder gourd. I have it where you can't get into my cabin. It's sort of like one of my alarm systems. You can't get in my cabin without bumping into it. So somebody tried to break in my cabin. I hear... Thunder anyway, there's so much fun stuff. Welded uh, garden art, indoor art, carefully crafted stuff. But my truck is there. The, it's indoors. It's got the garden is there. I've got a little bottle tree with Christmas lights on it. I've got a couple of other big containers. And, um, and I've got a couple of books if anybody interested. A little little easy garden gifts. But I'm there mostly to show off that gardening can be fun. It can be funky. And I've got all sorts of homemade garden art stuck in that little garden in the back of my truck. So if you make it down to the fairgrounds in Jacksonville, today uh or saturday friday or saturday be sure when you first come in look for the big green john deere green pickup truck that's got the garden planted in the back with all the garden art and i'm gonna be there myself hey before we uh, get in a whole bunch of stuff let's uh, talk with folks on the radio uh starting starting with katherine in jackson hey katherine good morning hi good morning Howdy. Um, i i was i don't
2: garden and i don't uh, keep plants alive, but I have a two-year-old who is interested in um, how things grow, so I'm uh-huh. wondering if you had any recommendations for something that I could plant in a pot inside that I don't it doesn't have to produce flowers or anything but something that will grow in a, from a seed that she could just sort of see that like happy at, miracle of things growing. But
0: absolutely, absolutely. Keep in mind, and I'm not bragging here, but I've written two books on gardening with children. I helped design the children's garden at Epcot. And so we're, all, we're looking for sensory stuff. For that age, I mean, let's face it, two-, three year old they're not going to remember anything, no matter what you wish <laughs> and hope for, Mom. They're not going to remember anything. But, but they, they, they'll, they'll get these weird, down-deep, cellular-level memories, and a lot of times they come from smell and
3: taste.
0: Huh. So, so if you could get a, just a, a pretty good-sized pot, one that's just barely big enough you can put your arms around it, you know, not too little, not too big. Get some potting soil, and then put a combination of culinary herbs in it. I'm talking about oregano, uh, maybe a rosemary, but for something to grow in a sunny window indoors or even outside on the porch all winter, oregano, mint, uh little rosemary, things like that, because that's what we make spaghetti and chili and stuff with. And every time for the rest of that child's life that they smell spaghetti, they're going to think about something that happened to them when they were a kid, and that's going to make them think about you.
2: Oh, fantastic! But would you recommend buying from seed or buying... Oh
0: no, no, no! Go ahead, go ahead and get a little plant. The plant's going to cost you less than a, than 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 a pack of diapers. I mean, come on, you wow. know, the diapers are disposable. Even if you wash them out, but uh, you can get a, a nice little oregano plant that uh, that grows. Uh, again, I've got this growing in a pot in the back of my pickup truck. It'll take ten degrees uh, outside, so you know you can keep it outside and just. Because they grow constantly, they don't have to flower or make fruit. You can break pieces of it off any time. It just makes it grow even better. But oregano, rosemary, uh, mint, these are kind of things that are delightful to children. And, again, it becomes part of the fabric of of your home meal. And the kid can have ownership in the meals, too. Thank you so much. That sounds doable. Thank you so much. That's a real start. Catherine, shoot me an email sometime. I'll send you some more ideas. Uh, This is near and dear to my heart thank you so much okay Catherine and hug them they're going to grow up so fast it's going to break your heart okay now let's go up to Sinato slide all the way up to North Mississippi hey Dominic how are you uh, Donnie excuse me how are you this morning
1: I'm doing good doing good. glad to talk to you I have uh, a garden I had a shoulder problem I had to leave it uh, I couldn't garden for a while I got back out there to start gardening again and that was just oh, yeah. exploded in my garden oh yeah I've tried the uh, sprays, the sedge hammer and all that, and it, it kills it some. But what do, you, do you think, since it's in the garden, if you could keep the soil plowed up, just till it every few days, do you think that would kill the roots to keep them from uh, being able to grow?
0: Well, it's a, it's a good approach, Donnie, and it can work. Uh, but here's the deal. What you need to do is till it up in the springtime and let this stuff sp- you know what? What you know that breaks it up in little plants. Let them sprout and then till those up, and then let anything else sprout. In other words, every few days, and you're not doing any good. You need to actually let small plants get started, and before they get a chance to get established, then you till them up. In other words, you you know to let let them get a little size on them first, um, and that'll work. You know you may have heard about um, this stuff called uh, solarization, where you spread some clear plastic over it. Yeah. Uh, that 'll work too, but it only works really well in the you know in the the early summer when it 's hot when you really really need to be planting your garden so what I would recommend and you know I, I rarely recommend in general i don 't recommend uh, 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 chemicals in the garden, but sedgehammer and roundup both are safe in the garden i 'm real sure that some people get really mad when I say that i 'm very aware of the issues and the facts. But they only work when the plants are small and actively growing. So what I do, Don, is I get your garden ready to plant next spring. I uh, roll it up, whatever you want to do. Let the nuts edge come up when it gets four or five inches tall, three or four or five inches tall. But before it gets really, really sturdy, spray it then. And this stuff will work quickly. It'll degrade into carbohydrates. You can plant. As a matter of fact, two, uh, the day after you spray, you can plant. You know, but uh, the the main thing is roll it up first, let the stuff sprout, and then when it's sort of catching a second wind, spray it then. That's the most effective uh, and the, the easiest time. And then you got all summer to grow stuff back behind it.
1: All right. Uh, you say Roundup will be okay?
0: Yeah, Roundup works fine. I mean, a lot of people are concerned about it being uh, on that list of carcinogens. It's, they finally put it on the same list as red meat and fried food, okay? Don't drink the stuff. And don't, don't, don't douse yourself. And it's a matter of dosage over time. So, uh, and it degrades in the carbohydrates in the soil. And, and anybody else who's listening, I know what you're thinking. I know. I've been there. I have researched it to death. <laughs> Research it to death. And uh, the occasional use of this kind of stuff is not a problem to you, your health, or the environment. I'm real sure of that. Anyway, it worked well on actively growing nutgrass. So get ready to plant first. Let this stuff come up, spray, and then plant. Okay. Thank you. Good luck on it, Donnie. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh, you know, I get. Why I always get in trouble with this kind of stuff? But I've got to. I've got to stick with the facts. I'm I, I intellectually honest about this. I don't eat too much red meat. I try not to eat too much fried food. I don't drink too much alcohol, and I don't overuse Roundup. And I feel okay about all of them. Anyway, uh, and I'd love to be an organic gardener, but the truth is, this is a lot safer than just about anything else you can do out there. Trust me on that. Hey, when we come back, we're going to slide up to Oxford, but we're going to take a real quick break. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and we're talking about gardening today. Uh, if you want to give me a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll repeat those numbers. I promise I won't be mean to you. Um, but also, if you want to check out my truck and the garden in it down at the fairgrounds in the Trademark Center at the Chimneyville Crafts uh, Event, we're gonna. It's gonna be. I'm gonna be giving a talk. By the way, at twelve thirty. So we'll be right back with more after this. <laughs> Okie, dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. I forgot to mention I'm giving talks at this uh, event. Not only do I have my pickup truck down at the fairgrounds, uh, there in the uh, in the the uh, trademark center pickup truck with all the stuff growing in the back trust me I drove it up there you know it's not a people always say do you really grow this yeah I do I do and I don't really do that much to it it doesn't look great but it looks okay and I've got enough rosemary and oregano and chives and and uh, let me see what else have I got I've got kale I've got parsley and uh and and uh, I can eat roadkill if I have to I can eat roadkill um, anyway, I'm giving a talk and on Friday and on Saturday at 1230, and I'm going to be talking about vernacular yard art, the good, the bad, and the unbelievable, uh, ways that you can feel good about putting stuff in your own little garden. Uh, I also have a, uh, some planters that are uh, planted up. with uh, They're made out of tires, big tires been turned inside out and painted. And my friend Mark Patrick, uh, who is a a container garden designer, he works at a a garden center uh, called Garden Works. It's in Madison, uh, just north of Jackson. Mark is an uh, unbelievable designer, spiky, roundy, frilly, and floppy, and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, he he fancied up some of my tire planters. I've got them up there, too. So you can see, one is all edible. It's a tire turned inside out, painted green, with uh, nothing but edible stuff. Had a fellow come up last night and said, well, what can we plant this? time of year, and I pointed all that stuff because it can stay out literally all year. It's cold-hardy uh, herbs and vegetables. they grow in pots. So anyway, I hope you look at, uh, look me up down there, and if you can make it at 1230, Friday, 1230, Saturday, I'm giving an informal talk on uh, home-grown garden art. Now let's go up to Oxford now and talk to Rip. Rip, I appreciate you holding, man. What's up?
4: How you doing this morning, Felder?
0: Fine, fine.
4: So I've been... uh doing bonsai for several years now and i'm doing my first air layer on a ficus plant uh, the golden gate ficus so I've, I've cut my bark and i've got it wrapped, wrapped up with the wet sphagnum moss and i'm starting to see the roots uh, uh-huh. come through the moss so my question is um when is the correct time to go ahead and cut that air layer from the main tree like how much roots do I need to have before I actually
0: do that? Well, let me ask you this. How how long is it out past where you do the air layer?
4: Uh, Well, the entire tree is... Gosh, maybe a foot and a half tall. Oh, okay.
0: okay. It's just a little thing. It's right. no problem. You know, actually, you can just cut those things off and stick them in moist potting soil, and so on, they'll root anyway. You know, you're having fun with this, but it's not necessary on 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 ficus. They root so well. Uh, but it's you know, once you start seeing any kind of roots at all, go ahead and pot it, cut, cut it off, and pot it up.
4: Would that go for um, other trees like deciduous and you know like maples?
0: No, no. What I need to have no, no. Matter of fact, no. Uh, uh, some some plants, some tropical plants, they have what's called preformed root initials. Not trying to get fancy on you, but some plants, their cells, their stem cells, can almost instantly change from stem cells to root cells to from you know that kind of thing. Uh, some plants can't. It's hard to root oaks and maples and and things like that because they don't have those cellular root initials, what it's called. So you're best sticking with tropical plants for that. So Some plants will. Figs, for example, they air layer really well. Camellias do. Um, but as far as bonsai, uh, well, just not air. Not, some are easier than others is what I'm saying.
4: Gotcha. Well, look, I appreciate the information, fellas.
0: Let's Thank go, uh, go ahead and, and cut it off and enjoy it. And send me a picture, too, okay? Sure will. Okay, Rip, appreciate it. Okay, one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go now to Bill who's on the road. Hey Bill, how are you, sir?
1: All right, sir. I appreciate
0: you taking my call. You bet. It says you're on your road, are you driving or you pulled off, or we're not gonna talk about that.
1: Well, I'm on a headset, so it's not a big problem.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Heads free. What can I help you with? Yeah.
1: Well, I got my hands on a handful of uh, cotton seeds uh uh-huh. a while ba- just a little while back and uh What I'm wondering is, uh, how do you, how do you plant them? Because I want to use them as an ornamental. And, uh, do you put one or two seeds in a, a hole? And what kind of soil do you use?
0: Okay, those are all good questions, Bill. And I've got a friend named Jesse Yancey who grows cotton in his garden in town. It's just a plant. It's it's like okra or tomatoes or peppers. It's just a plant. So, you know, nothing special about it is what I'm saying. However, it does like warmth. Uh, if you plant those seeds too early and they get cold, the little seedlings will rot. So we're gonna let's wait till at least April. Let's wait till uh, till the ground is warmed up. And if you if are you can grow them in pots or in just plant them out in a flower bed or what?
1: Well, it might be a combination of both.
0: Okay. okay. Well, the, the, I've
1: got enough to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, the main main thing is uh, it, just one seed will uh, do it. But I always plant two or three seeds because I'm not great with seeds, and that way, if two or three of them come up, I snip off all but the best one. And uh so you know it's just it's just insurance planting more than one seed, but one seed should sprout uh, but anyway the the main thing is warmth, not too deep, an inch or so deep at the most and uh and and water it, but don't keep it wet, and when they sprout, you know all they need is full sun and I mean they grow in just dirt but uh but you know if, if you're a f- a cotton farmer, just dirt's okay, but they'll grow better if you've got you know some pretty good dirt, you know some flower bed type stuff.
1: Okay, and also, uh, you know, I want to get that effect uh, for uh, for uh, flower arrangements of the cotton bowls. Yeah, do I need to use some kind of defoliant on it? No, it
0: no. You you know you, you know you, frost will do that. Frost will defoliate them. You know, once we okay. get that, so, and also get your little snippers and you know a stick, you know, just uh, scissors snipping off. But the main thing is is uh is it's in the same family as okra. So think okra, hot and okay. a little on the dry side. Don't keep it too wet. Don't push your fertilizer. Just think it's I mean it's the same it's got a pretty flower just like an o look like an okra flower. Same thing. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you want something really pretty, plant some okra in with it.
1: Okay, and uh maybe use just some real light uh Mixed uh, Miracle Grow or something
0: uh, occasionally. Yep, you know, you know when something like Miracle Grow is good fertilizer. But I always recommend, you know, they the directions on there are for the maximum they can legally get away with with your using. I always use a half strength. It's just as so good okay. for the plants. But main thing is don't don't keep it too wet. Don't push it too much. Think okra and you got cotton down.
1: Sounds like a plan. I appreciate it, sir. All right, let's have a Merry Christmas when you get to it if I don't talk to you. I appreciate it. hey, hey,
0: let us know how this works out, okay?
1: Okay, we'll do.
0: All righty. Folks, we're gonna take a uh we got some cheese music coming up in just a second. And uh is we got this new caller from Oxford on the line. Is that Tim? Tim oh Tim, hey, I, I, my screen went blank in here, Tim. I couldn't see whether whether you're on the line or not. What's up, man?
5: So uh I've got some big trees in my backyard and I was told, that the deer should leave them alone because they don't like the chemicals, <laughs> but um, I, I think the deer here in Oxford are a little desperate for food, yeah. So, uh, so I think they're still eating them. Is there anything I can do besides just completely fencing them off to keep the deer away from them?
0: Okay, first of all, deer will eat gravel if they have to. Deer, <laughs> deer are you know they're they're voracious mammals. They're they're heavy feeders, and I don't you know there are plants that are resistant to deer. There's no such thing as immune plant to deer. Anyway, no, there is. no... No, there is no solution other than a fence for deer. I'm real sure of this. Real sure of this. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, bear. sorry. <laughs> Maybe a Marlin 2020 will do, but nah. We don't want to get into that. Anyway, appreciate your call, man. Hey, you know, folks, I'm going to be at the uh, Trademark. Uh, downtown Jackson, right by the fairgrounds. And uh, the Craftsman Guild are having a a big do uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, And I'm I'm giving talks at 1230 on Vernacular Yard art: how to get away with stuff and feel good about it, too, and be able to hold your head up around your neighbors. Uh, But also my truck is there, is indoors. MPB has got a display, so you're going to stop by and say hey to folks uh, from our, our marketing staff. But in my truck with a garden in it and all that's going to be there, I'll be glad to talk with you about your plants. It's not work. It's just fun for me. So if you want to kick around some ideas and you're anywhere near Jackson Friday and Saturday, uh, come on by the trademark say hey to me at the, uh, uh, and, and let's have a little fun. I've got a flower arrangement done by Mark Patrick in a pot that's all edible. It's even accessorized with spikes of spray-painted okra. And the people look at; it, they have no idea it's ochre till I pointed out, because you don't think of stuff like that, and neither do I. This reason I got Mark, uh, who's up at uh, Garden Works, to help me out on that. Anyway, uh, we I think we have time for we have time for another call before our cheesy music. Let's go to Craig down in Biloxi. Hey, Craig, what's going on on the coast?
5: Hey, uh, I heard you had that uh, pickup truck bucket buckets in the back, and I like to go one bigger with the uh, rollback dumpster and
0: per- parade <laughs> and soil. <laughs> wait, wait, rollback dumpster and what kind of soil?
5: Well, that's six-foot-deep P-R-E-T-A or P-E-T-A soil. Uh, they found patches way south. Of, it's basically six feet deep.
0: Huh. I don't know anything about it, but, yeah, I, well, but I like to I, learn.
5: Uh, I, well, I just googled it, and and they had both of them come up. P E T A and and Terra P R E T A has a they had a lot of charcoal and pottery and it's ancient times. They don't know who did that.
0: Oh 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 oh! oh. I I know I, I know it's it's like charred dirt. Yeah. Yeah yeah, re- it- yeah 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 yeah. It's been a while since the. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I've lost train of thought on this dumpster diving.
5: Well, 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 I want I want to do my own uh, container garden. Yeah. with it with, with a rollback dumpster, six feet deep, and and add add prey to soil to it. And I was wondering if, because because if it's too dry, there's enough thickness in soil to yeah. uh, to to hold the moisture. And if it gets too much rain, there's enough. Drainage, yeah. So that will hold it.
0: Well, you know, it it sounds like a fun project. Let me throw out a couple of things first. I'm a container gardener from way back. I've got a six-foot diameter horse water trough in my front yard that I grow herbs in. And it's uh, about two and a half feet deep. Once you get past about two or two and a half feet deep, you lose any benefit from that extra soil. So if you're going to do that, I would put the bottom uh, bit... Fill up with something even looser and just, you know, just the top two or three feet of some kind of soil mix because roots aren't going to get any deeper than that. And it's going to stay really, really wet. So you might want to think of filling up the bottom part with, you know, styrofoam peanuts or crushed up beer cans or something sand, like that. Yeah,
5: beach sand or something.
0: Yeah, well, beet sand doesn't really drain that well. But in, in, anyway, the, the point is you don't need more than two or three feet of, of dirt. And I was still, even though some interesting, uh, so, so, some of the dynamics of that soil are interesting, uh, it's been a couple of years since I read about it. I would still mix in a little bit of organic matter with it because plants like that. Roots, roots just like organic matter. It's not just support and nutrients. Uh, it's also organic matter has got life in it. It's got little microfauna and bacteria and stuff that plant roots need.
5: Yeah, they were touting uh, the charcoal, too, from the fireplace that holds the yeah. microbacteria colony. Yeah,
0: but you got to introduce them to, get, to begin with. So while you're doing that, mix in a little compost just to inoculate it with some good bacteria to begin with.
5: Okay, yeah, I figured you were the container gardener. So that's <laughs> I've, that's
0: I've, a little bigger. I've grown stuff everywhere from a pickup truck to a boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: i I need, I need a big truck to pull this one around.
0: You, you, <laughs> need, you need to get a job is what you need to do. It, yeah, I should <laughs> have fun, man. I appreciate it. Okay, uh we got we need to no, job what should I do? Phone or music? Let's play this, uh, this cheesy tune you brought in today. Okay, this cheesy tune is more of a laid-back time. I woke up really, really mellow this morning. I think it's been from being around all those uh, artists and people like that. They were just all mellow last night up at the trademark. Anyway, uh, I'm a fellow rushing. We're going to be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener uh, uh, right after this. A little cheesy music and your phone calls.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the sound is. This this. Yeah. I got any change in my pocket, I got heaven on my mind, got a, a gravel road, I got 20 miles, gonna spend a little time, for the ways of the world seem to frustrate, always stealing food off of the next place. Slow down, watch the sun go down, come on over to my yard, sit around, let your troubles all disappear. For love, there's no trace on that face And it chills me right down to my backbone And it's lonesome so far from home When the world that they made starts to fall down I'll be here, so why don't you come away And we'll all stop, slow down Watch the sun go down I'll just take my time I'm gonna relax
6: when you start feeling those twinges of holiday stress, don't. MPB Think Radio solves the age-old dilemma of the proverbial person who has everything with the MPB Online Store. Iconic MPB and PBS gear that's comfy and fun and celebrates that person's favorite shows. Long-sleeve T-shirts, DVDs, umbrellas, even toasty socks and baby booties, plus a discount code for members in the MPB Program Guide. See for yourself at shopmpbonline.org. And relax, we got
0: you. Okie okay, dokie okay, folks, welcome back Horticulture's Fell to Rushing And we're talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting If you want to give me a call, it's toll free We're just talking about gardening today uh, It's 1-877-MPB-RING We're going to start off right after that Mellow Welcome Back to My Yard song Over Meridian Hey Tim, thank you for holding man, appreciate it What's up? Henry, Henry from Meridian good morning howdy what's up I got bifocals on this morning I mean you you won't believe all the equipment in the studio up here and they put me up here with bifocals and make me put my hands in my pocket so I don't touch anything oh okay man. well what's up man what's up, man?
5: What's up? Well, we have the little golf, fall winter garden uh-huh. uh, mustard turnips and collards yeah they've been planted about a month now they're not getting any taller and it turn, uh, mustard turns, turning yellow what can I do
0: uh, a couple of things. Did you plant all these by seed? Yes. Uh, first first of all, and I'm not wagging my finger, but it's, it's, it's hard for gardeners to not plant too thick. And if your plants are real, real thick, they're crowding each other out. And, uh, you know, what I would do is I would go in and thin the plants out. You can eat what you thin, you know, wash them because they can have dirt and stuff on them. But you can thin them out and just leave the plants where they got, you know, a little space in between them. And they'll all grow better, the ones that are left. Eat the ones you pull. And then give them a shot of a little, little bit of liquid fertilizer, stuff you mix with water only makes it about half strength, though. Whatever it calls for a gallon of water, put that in two gallons of water. It doesn't look like enough, but it's enough to jump start these plants, and they'll really jump.
5: Okay, okay, we'll try that then.
0: Okay, hey, let me throw this out. Next time, also, think about planting this stuff called kale, K-A-L-E. It grows just like collars, but it's a lot sweeter. And you can eat it without baking grease, if you know what I mean.
5: I know exactly. Okay. okay. I'll let my
0: wife know. Thank l- you. L- little thin them a little fertilizer. Let's see what happens. Okay. Will do. Appreciate it, man. All right. You have a good day. Okay. You bet. Well, let's slide back up Interstate 20 over to Brandon. Hey, Gloria, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up?
2: Uh, well, I had two questions. I don't know if I'll get to say of them. But, well, it was about ants. Uh, we have had a lot of fire ants, and we used surrender on them, and it uh-huh thinks really bad. But now I have a a really big pot that I was growing uh, vegetables in and I noticed there were ants in there. Yeah. Is there anything I can do?
0: Uh, a couple of things. First of all, the fire ants, you know, they're going to head for higher ground. I've got the biggest fire ant mound, I think, in Jackson, my front yard. And I, I leave it in one spot because as long as I got one fire ant mound, they actually suppress a number of other mounds. If I booger it up, they start a bunch of little mounds. So this time, uh, to, but to answer your question, I don't know if you can use surrender. Need to read the label, to see if it's safe. Uh, you have vegetables in it or just flowers or what?
2: Uh,
0: vegetable. Yeah, just uh, I don't I don't have the label with me. I don't I don't remember what the active ingredient is. But um, and you can shoot me an email. I can answer a little bit a uh, little bit later. But just see if it's safe to use our vegetables. If it is, just mix it up real dilute. And uh, and and you know, in other words, you don't use it full strength in a container. They're real easy to disturb. You can also water them enough to where it irritates them and move. Um, oh, okay. But you know, and there's all sorts of home remedies that are that are repellents. I can't keep track of them because none of them are scientific, and you know they work. They're kind of iffy, so I, I really don't know which ones. But you might even go online and see if there's you know some kind of citrus oil or some kind of mint, something like that, that just basically uh, irritates them until they leave. But, oh,
2: okay. Well, we we had to get aggressive with them because they were trying to build a. They kept building a mound right under our uh, front porch.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah and,
2: and trying to come in the house yeah that
0: that mind that i've got a I've got some big rocks out in my front yard um uh, and and they mound up around it because it collects warmth and so this sort of like they're they're huddled up against that this, that sun sun loving heater but uh, in, anyway, just make sure you can use that and if you can't any kind of insecticide the safety you that this for ants if you put just a small amount out there and water it in it it doesn't take much to get them out of a pot.
2: Oh, great, great. Uh, my other question is, what do you think about the uh, the little black olives? I saw a black olive tree at Lowe's. Is that something I would just have to keep it in mind?
0: Ol- olives are, you know, they're, they're iffy here. They don't grow here, but the problem we have with olive, first of all, there's a lot of different varieties, and I don't know which variety, just like tomatoes and peppers, it got a whole, and roses, got a whole bunch of different varieties. Some do better than others, uh, this far north. I don't know which ones that, that they've got, uh, if you, if you got the name for it, you know, I could do a quick research, cause I got, I got that kind of information. But in general, the problem olives have here is staying too wet in the winter. They grow best in a raised bed or on a little mound, like a baseball pitcher mound, you know, just raised up so that they don't stay wet in the wintertime. That's their biggest problem is too much water rots their roots. Oh, okay. I think they're called
2: a, a arbaquinha olive.
0: Yeah, I, I just, you know, I can't look, you know, there's, there's so many, bu- I have to keep my hands in my pockets up here so I can't look stuff up. But and if you want to shoot me a quick email, I can find out. Because like I say, I've got a publication on all sorts of really unusual kinds of fruits uh, that grow uh, grow well here. And olives, some varieties do better than others. That's all I can remember. And uh, oh, and, and oh. that the biggest problem is too much water. They're native to the Mediterranean. So if you've ever seen, you know, right. pictures pictures from all that, you know what kind of climate they prefer. It's not muggy and wet like we got. So just try oh, okay. try not to overwater them. That's
2: right. That's right. So do you have like somewhere on your blog or something about the unusual
0: plants that grow? No, I don't actually. You know, this is kind of funny because I've written all these eighteen books over the years, and I don't on my blog. I don't do any facts anymore. I just do stuff like garden gnomes and fake grass and you know stuff like that. I don't do any facts on my except for the. I've got stuff about crepe myrtles, but I don't keep all those facts on my column. Oh my okay. blog, <laughs> I try to get away from it. I'm Just trying to have some fun there. Thank you. Shoot me an email, Gloria. Be glad to help. All righty folks. Horticulture's fell to rushing. The email up here is garden at MPBonline dot org. Got a couple of emails yesterday. Haven't had a chance to answer them yet because I've been uh, busy setting my truck up down at the fairgrounds, but uh uh, I'll get to them. Anyway, if you shoot an email to garden at org, I will get it. By the way, if you do make it down to the uh, fairgrounds, be sure to look up the, the guy who makes a Thunder Gourds. What, job?
4: No, no, no! I was just gonna say over the Thanksgiving holiday, um, I actually had to give your email to one of my mom's friends because she, um, you know, they they know I work here at MPB. My personal email? Not your personal. The, gar- the garden. <laughs> she had a garden question, but she knew I worked on the show, and she was like, "Oh, what's what's the garden guy's email? I need to I need to get him a question real quick." <laughs> I was like, um, "Garden at mpbonline tell,
0: tell her, to give us a call. You got her number right now. Call. Get her. On the line.
4: Oh, I'll, oh, <laughs> maybe next show. Maybe next show. I'll, I'll hook it up. I'll hook it up,
0: folks. We've got the lines open right now. You don't want to give us a call? It is toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. There's a lot of stuff you could be doing right now. I went out this past uh, week and you know just sort of gingerly worked around the yard. and in and, uh, I've got a bunch of different kind of chrysanthemums that bloom. And I don't mean those cushion mums like you buy at the gardens and those big pretty balls of color. They're nice, but they don't live for a long time. You can get them to live, I guess, for a while. But, you know, there's one you see all over the South. It's called Clara Curtis. Actually, it grows up in Illinois and Canada, and uh, it's extremely hardy. It's a special type of mom. It's not a regular chrysanthemum. It's called a garden mom. They're floppy. They got flowers, you know, big flowers. And the most common one, some people call it country girls or Clara Curtis. It's kind of a pale lavender pink. And it blooms without fail. And uh, it'll grow in a cemetery, and it'll bloom year after year after year. And a special time, if you Google country girl's mum, you'll find out what I'm talking about. Anyway, that one's been around for a long time, but uh, when I was in uh, Japan several years ago, I saw a collection of different kinds of that peculiar type of mum. And uh they're not widely available, but I found a place in Georgia, uh, excuse me, in Alabama that had seven or eight different kinds, and I got some. And I also got some from a friend of mine over in Texas, Greg Grant, who grows them. And these are the kind of mums that will come back and bloom October, November, a frost won't kill them. They will absolutely, utterly bloom nonstop. I've got pink ones, I've got purple ones, I've got yellow ones, got brown ones, maroons, little button ones, spoon shavings, all different kinds of a special kind of mom. And if you want to, if, if you're kind of geeky, and want to look it up. It's chrysanthemum morifolium. Morifolium. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Con- Country Girls, Google Country Girls chrysanthemum and imagine that in all different colors. Anyway, we're trying to get these into commercial availability in Mississippi because Country Girls is great, but she ain't the only sweetheart in town. And We're going to take a real quick break. We've got some uh, folks on the line. Uh, If you want to give us a call, toll free 1-877-MPB-RING. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's rushing, I've been flying without a net today. No notes. No notes. Not much to announce. You know, sort of winding things down for the year. Things will pick back up in the spring. But uh, if you know of any kind of events coming up that are garden-related, if you'll shoot me an email, I'll be glad to help promote it. Uh, uh, for, the email is garden at org. Meanwhile, let's go up to Hernando and talk with Tim. Hey, her, uh, Tim, how are you? I'm just fine. Good. What's up?
5: Yes, sir. I have a garden that hadn't been grown in in probably 20 years.
0: Vegetable garden? Yes, sir. Uh-huh.
5: And it's gotten covered with kudzu and uh, what a wild rose bush. And I know I'm about to get in there with a sling blade and joe blade and all. Yeah. But I was wondering what can I do to keep it from want- the kudzu from wanting to come back and take over.
0: Well, it's, it's going to be a little trouble because some of those perennial weeds like uh, kudzu and black bears and all, you know, you can cut them up, you can cut them down, you can till them under, and they come back from pieces of root. Yep. See, so the first year, you know, if you go in there and clean it up really good, and, and is it a big garden?
5: Eh, It's decent size. It's probably the length of a semi-truck and a half.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good size garden if If you could get somebody in there, you know you could probably either if you don't have a tiller, you can rent a big one cheaper than you can own one but and uh and really get it tilled up down deep because if you just till it with a regular tiller uh that thing only goes down six or eight maybe nine inches, and then it makes this sort of slick bottom. See, so if you can break the dirt up really, really good while you're doing it, it'll bring up all those roots. and It'll break them up in little pieces, and next spring, they'll be a whole lot easier to get rid of than big chunks of it that are still buried down deep. So I'd clean it up. I'd have it tilled up as deeply as you could, maybe even have somebody with a tractor get in there and cut it up, uh, even though it's not quite big enough for that. Anyway, main thing is get down at least a foot deep and uh, yep. till it up really good, and that'll kick a lot of those roots up on the top. You can rake them off, and then next year, you know, you can pull them up. You know, before they get rooted, those little pieces are real easy to pull up. And then yep. uh, and if, if you do need to squirt them some, some, some stuff, give me a call back about that. But main thing right now is clean it up good and till it at least a foot deep and get as many of those roots out, and then let's take it from there.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It
0: ain't going to be easy. It's easy to say, Tim. <laughs>
5: oh no, no! I, I know I, I'm, I ain't got no problem with throwing a, a sling blade or a Joe blade. I've you know done yeah, hand tools my whole life.
0: I know I love I love tools. Rather the only moving part, but you know we don't need to be ridiculous about it. Yes, sir. See ya. Yes,
6: sir. happy
0: a good <laughs> bye. Night. Now let's go go to Jackson. Hey, Joanna, how are you? Jo- is it Joanna? Johanna? Johanna. 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 How are you? I'm good, Felder. Are you all right? So far, so good. You got something about fireflies, or, or are they lightning bugs?
6: I wanted to share lightning bugs or fireflies. I was A couple of years ago, I was sitting out on the bench over here in Fondren in the evening, looking at my showy primrose, and all of a sudden, the yard just filled up with fireflies. I mean, there must have been a hundred of them. And I got all excited, so I called Tom Mann at the Science Musician.
0: Tom, you know, what, what a what a crazy guy.
6: <laughs> well, hey, I aggravated until finally I wanted to know, you know, how do you keep them? What what was going on to have all these fireflies? And he said, firefly larvae lay their eggs in leaf litter. Yeah. So again, when people are raking their leaves up and sending them off, they they're not, you know, if they'll put them to the side like you say, it'll encourage fireflies. And fireflies, their numbers are kind of decreasing.
0: They are. They are. And hey, did you know this the official state insect of Pennsylvania? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that it matters. But, you know, you're right. Where there are fireflies or lightning bugs is, they, is where there's tall grass, there's old garden, there's a lot of mulch, you know, just older gardens that have got areas that are kind of untended where people pile leaves up. In other words, just having a compost ain't going to do it. But that's where having a really interesting garden. And Fondren has got a lot of those sort of hedgerow across the back of the yard where you've got a bunch of old trees and leaves to pile up. That's where the larvae are.
6: And that's yeah. And people, like you said, they should they could continue doing that and not rake their leaves up and send them to the curb. And also, I read in Birds and Blooms that butterflies and moths, a lot of them, curl up in those leaves and they winter over in the winter time. So when you're burning them or you're throwing them away, you're throwing away your fireflies, your butterflies, and your moths.
0: I'm glad we live in a neighborhood where people don't do that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> hey, by the way, you know what the fire, uh, uh lightning bug larvae are called? No. Glowworms.
6: Oh, really? Who
0: would make that up that quick? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
6: but I, didn't know, I, know, I don't have an idea what they look like, but I just got so excited. It was magical, though, that day. But the other thing I wanted to share with you, the, I'm the one, the lady gave the red honeysuckle to, the wild honeysuckle. Uh-huh. And to see if they would root. Well, I stuck them down. Well, they do root. You can root red oh. honeysuckle. You
0: know, I've never, you know, it, it makes sense that they would, but I, just, I try not to talk about stuff le- except for personal experience. But I'm going to take yours as personal experience.
6: It was, like I said, and it did work. And the only thing I could figure that she gave me, all these things to just cut them off. And I thought, well, let me just try it. And they are still out there. They've got leaves on them. It's been like three months. And so I'm pretty sure they're rooting.
0: Good, good, uh, good.
6: But two things I want to ask you a question about. The other
0: wait, doctor, wait, 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 wait. Before you get to that, let me tell you my insect story. All right. I was walking, you know, I live in Fondra. We walked to the to the radio program on Fridays and walked back. And coming back a week before last, I came across a woolly bear. <laughs> Okay, now, Java. Do you know where the woolly bear is, Java? No idea. Uh, okay, Johanna, do you know?
6: I think it's maybe a big fat caterpillar that
0: predicts. It, it is. Uh, it is. You know, they've got they've got uh they're they're black on both ends. They're really uh, bristly looking. They curl up in a ball. They're black on both ends. They got sort of a rusty red middle part. And supposedly, the more black they got, the more cold winter we're gonna have. And mine was about even, Stephen. So anyway, I just want to let you know that lightning bugs and and uh, 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 woolly uh, bears are alive and well in Fondren.
6: Well, I just think that's important. Okay,
0: what was your other thing now?
6: Okay, there's two. The other day, I was going down the road and somebody had set out a whole pot of succulents by their <laughs> compost bin, and I couldn't stand it, so I had to get them. <laughs> but I don't really—I have killed them before. And so I'm not sure what to do with it, but I've got them on my porch. And one of that one of those succulents looked kind of dilapidated. It reminded me of something like a lamb's ear, but the other one like huge hens and biddies. Yeah. And the other part in the pot would look like a small jade plant. And so
2: what should I do so I don't kill it?
0: Okay. First of all, I grow a lot of different succulents because I'm gone a lot and I'm lazy. And succulents don't need, they don't depend on me to water So I grow a lot of different kinds. It's sort of my favorite group of plants. Uh, if you, you know, if you t- take a, a pretty good, clear, close-up picture of each of them and shoot it to me. And we'll find out what it, because some of them are hardy outside, some are not. And that's one of the problems. You go to, to the garden centers right now, they'll sell these beautiful mixed pots of succulents. And I look at them, I'm thinking, some of those you can put on an urn in a cemetery and they'll be there for 100 years. Some are going to freeze. and They're going to just turn into jelly after the first frost. So anyway, let's identify them first. The main thing is they don't like water. They like to get dry between soakings. They like, they like bright light. And uh, that's, that's the main thing. Some maybe you need to bring them in if they're going to freeze. Okay. So let's identify it first.
6: All right. Well, the next and last thing I wanted to ask you is I ordered wildflower seeds to cover about 1,500 square feet or 2,000 square feet. Uh-huh. I'm going to plant them in Waynesboro, Mississippi, where the soil is sandier than ours. Do I have to kill the grass, or can I just oversow them over this grassy place
0: Okay, this you, you need to get them out as soon as possible because most wildflowers out in the, you know, out in the fields have already started sprouting. You know, that they start okay. sprouting in October. The most important thing, Johanna, is they need to be in contact with dirt. See, so in other words, if you mow really close and put them out there and then rake it or drag it or something like that, the most important thing is the seeds have got to be touching dirt, not caught okay. up in a bunch of thatch and stuff like that.
6: Okay, all right. That may be a little work there. All you,
0: right. You from Wayne County?
6: Uh, my mother's in Wayne County, and she's given me 25 acres over there, and there's, it had grass on it, but I told her. I said, <laughs> let's just turn this into like a wildlife habitat thing and plant the whole thing with wildflowers in the middle and, you know, get native stuff growing yeah. on the edges. So that's what I wanted to see.
0: I wrote a publication on growing wildflowers in Mississippi Medicine. Garden. shoot me an email. We'll take it from there. My daughter in laws from Waynesboro, so we'll take it from there.
6: All right, all right, well,
0: thank you so much. okay, hey, thanks for the for the tips of, for the fun stuff on lightning bugs. Okay, now we're going to Bay Springs and talk to Jerry. Jerry, what's up, man?
5: Hey, how you doing?
0: Fine, what's up?
5: Um I've got a problem with uh weeds, namely weed trees. I've got mimosa and willow that's threatening my foundation. They're growing up next to that. Yeah. And, and I spent all day yesterday cutting a privet, trying to keep the uh, the leaves out of my gutters. And yeah, all. yeah. And I know you're going to tell me to dig them up, but is there some other way? Yep, yeah, there,
0: there is. There is real easy. Not anybody will, you know, wants to hear this, but this is what I've done. It works well. Cut them down as close to the ground as you can, but still leave a stub. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then let them sprout back out next spring. And when the new growth gets about knee high, spray it with Roundup. It'll uh, kill it. It'll kill it. This stuff works best on young, actively growing uh, plants. They it goes into the leaves and down to the roots. It kills the roots, and the plant will be gone for good. But the trick is cut it down, let it sprout back out, and spray the new growth sometime in April or May. That's when it works.
5: That's fantastic.
0: Okay. All righty, man. Thank so you. Now you got the rest of the weekend out of goof off. All right. <laughs> See you later. All right. Okay, folks, when we get off the air, I'm headed back down to the fairgrounds. I'm going down to the to the Craftsman Guild thing. Got my truck down there. It's got a garden in the back of it, stuff that I grow. Uh, got a nice little container garden uh, collection done by Mark Patrick from up in, in Madison. And uh, I'm going to be talking about yard art and uh, in, in a cheerful way, not in a way that's going to make you feel creepy. That's going to be at 1230 both Friday and Saturday. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushy. Java Chapman has been in there keeping my buttons straight in here. Uh, Kevin Farrell's been the phone greeter. we got all sorts of folks in at MPB who love putting together this garden party we call the Gestalt Gardener. I'm going to be here uh, every Friday, Saturday. We're going to be talking about gardening. If you have a problem during the week, or question in the week, or something to share, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, if you have a kid, got some neighborhood kids, got some ground kids, take them to a farmer's market, take them to a garden center, give them a $5 bill, make them do something to earn it, but then let them get something that will teach them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you next week. ¶¶